But let's talk about devotion here. November, uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. We're going to talk about prayer. Sorry, there's a lot of logistical items, so I'm going to go quickly, and then we're going to have our time in planning. All right? Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, And Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. You know, we're going to look at this passage, I'm going to give the overview for what we're going to be covering for the next uh, four weeks, and then also I'm going to kind of plant on um, the first thought uh, today, if I have enough time. But you see, Jesus has this one thought, there's this one thing that the disciples had, this heart that I hope we have, Lord, teach us to pray. Do you want to learn from Jesus how to pray? Here's the one thing if you understand. What is real Christianity? See, we are Christians. Christians literally means little Christ. We're supposed to be disciples of Jesus. We are here to be just like Jesus. And so the first thought in prayer is a key word that is going to be in our vocabulary for all of 2017. We need to aspire in our prayer. We want to have a prayer life like Jesus. We want to look to him, just like the disciples that are there and say, hey, Jesus, teach us to pray. Can I pray like you? Why would, wouldn't you want to pray like Jesus? Why? Just think what it would be like to walk with Jesus back then. Amen. Right? He, he touches things and awesomeness happens. Where no one else can make an impact, Jesus would walk in and say, bring the boy to me, and boom, there's healing. Jesus was at peace. He was confident. He would be able to have compassion where no one else would be able to have compassion. Why is that? It's actually rooted in his prayer life. There are lots of things that happen when we pray. And Jesus is the best person to learn from. So we're going to talk about today aspiring to pray like Jesus. And aspiring to be like Jesus in our prayers. But let's talk a little bit what else we're going to be talking about. He says, hey, when you pray, say, Father. One of the topics we're going to talk about is personal prayer. Make your prayers personal. We're not covering that today, but there's an intimacy there. He says, he called God Father. That actually blew people away back then. Because back then, God's name was so sacred. You, you had to really, really, really be kind of in a spiritual place just to say God. Come on. But Jesus says, no, you know what? When I talk, think about God, I think of Father. How personal that is. He says here, we said in verse 4, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. You know what? Prayer is personal. It's about forgiveness and dealing with the things in our hearts. We're going to talk about that too, not today. Come on. See, that's why you guys spend four weeks in prayer. You can't just do one lesson in prayer. Do you guys get that? He says, your kingdom come. That's a bold prayer. We've got to look back at the times. We're talking about the Israelites who felt like their kingdom had been taken from them. They were enslaved. They were captive. And Jesus says, hey, when you pray, pray to believe greatness can be restored again for God's people. There's got to be a boldness 
in our prayer. He goes on in verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though we will not, he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now, there's other translations say just simply persistence. But there's a boldness, a shameless audacity. Isn't that cool? We're going to talk about that too. But not today. Because you can't just talk about prayer really in one sermon. And lastly, we'll talk about just from this perspective, persistence. In verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. One who seeks finds. The one, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You know, this whole notion of just really keeping at it. The asking, the seeking, and the knocking. We're going to cover persistence. And praying and pursuing what you, what's on your heart, what God has put on your heart. We're going to talk about that as well. Does that sound good? Amen. So four weeks. Prayer, 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 prayer. Sound good? Amen. But let's go to Luke chapter 1. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Jesus really is in many ways the model of prayer. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. We saw in Luke chapter 11, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Seek is kind of big. What does the Bible mean by seek? It could be. We're going to talk about when we talk about persistence, really seeing how God is opening the doors, how letting your prayer life change how you see the world. We'll talk about that another time, but there's another seek as well. Turn to Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12, verse 22, Jesus says, simply says this. He said to his disciples, his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life, since you cannot do this very little thing? Why do you worry about the rest? You know, it goes on. He just talks about, what's your attitude here? Are you stressed? Are you worried? Are you anxious? In our prayers, the Bible says in 1 Peter, to cast your anxieties on God. Once again, prayer can change how you see things, how you feel, how you walk on this earth. Did you know studies show that people who pray that can alter the chemistry and functioning of their brains? Did you know that? Isn't that crazy? That's what faith can do. But he says in verse 31, But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. When you pray, we're going to talk about when we pray to aspire to be like Jesus, to align ourselves with Jesus in our prayer life. That's a little something that's different. Did you know God doesn't grant every prayer? Come on. 
I need to give you that fact, that reality. God does not grant everything that you ask for. You know, that, that, that's not encouraging, Dave. Well, i got to tell you the truth. Let's go to John chapter 15. See, when you pray, are you aligned with Jesus? When you pray, is it like, okay, Lord, teach me how to pray. I want to pray like you. I want to be like you when I pray. That's literally the disciple's heart. I want to be like you when I pray. See, sometimes I don't know about you, but for me, I like being me. How many of you just really like being you? Don't you? That's what I love about my marriage. I'll be honest with you. Everyone has different types of marriages, and my marriage isn't better than your marriage, okay? So, na 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 na. None of that. Okay? Enjoy the marriage you got. Who you have? Marriage should be honored by all. You married your soulmate. Okay? But I like my marriage. And one of the things I love about my wife is that I can be totally me around her. Now, I'll be honest with you, I am not as nice as she is. But my wife seems to just really enjoy people, like the way they are. Or at least she enjoys me the way I am. <laughs> or maybe I'm so full of myself, I don't know when she's correcting me. It could be that too. Like she might be just, hey, stop doing this. I don't even know. Maybe, who knows? Maybe it's just me so happy. But I, but I always thought I could just be me around you. That's the thing I've loved from her from the, from the beginning. I'm kind of a crass person. I say these weird jokes. And so I would go on dates with some of the women in the church and some of our sisters. And, and you know what? This is awesome. I'm not down on her. So some of them, they just didn't quite get my humor. Don't you love it when someone gets your humor? <laughs> Studies show if you want to know. What do men, when do men feel attracted to women? If they get their jokes, if they laugh at their jokes. Isn't that strange? That's like one of the studies they, they show. So why do you want your husbands to be more favorably disposed? Just fake a laugh. <laughs> but you know, I would say certain things, and some of the sisters I'd take out on dates, they'd be like, bro, you know, wasn't appropriate. You know, wah, wah, wah. You know, you know what I'm saying. And, and it probably wasn't, and the Lord spoke, and I'm not down on those sisters. I need that help. Okay, so don't get me wrong. But sometimes you just like to be with someone you can be free with. Come on, Dad. And I, that's a good thing, and I want you to understand, when we talk about personal prayer, God loves you for who you are and whatnot, right? But there's also power, because real Christians, we're here to aspire to be like Jesus. We're, we're people who, who are so in love with who Jesus is and how he did things. We go, wow, I want to be just like him. Do you guys get that? And so today, we're talking about in your prayers, do you go, God, teach me how to pray? Can I pray like you? John 15. We're going to read this whole thing, but we're just going to focus because you've got to get the whole picture of this thing. We're just focused on this one little thought. John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. As I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Remember, bearing fruit means to love like Jesus. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. 
If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You know, Jesus says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. There's an if for those prayers to be answered. It's not a conditional thing. It's not like God's like, all. Oh, he's just saying, are we close? Are we into each other? Do you want to be like me? Because see, this, Jesus saying, this is how I am with God. I just want to be like God. God wants to be with me. We are just into each other. Very important for us to understand, just being into something. Hey, it's football season, right? Some of you are very into the season. Yeah, amen. So when I'm preaching, you just can't wait to get out of here. Come on. <laughs> you can't wait to keep up with the scores and whatnot, and you find the other brothers or sisters in the church who will just kind of rattle off the scores and... And love the team you love or hate the team you hate or love the team you hate or hate the team you love. And boy, the energy's just there. And when it's that season and you're all into it, you're just into it. You guys got that feeling? And Jesus says, hey, when, we're, when I'm praying, God answers the prayers because I'm in him. He's in me. You know, you need to be in me and I in you. We've got to be into each other. Do you guys get that? Yeah, that feeling. You gotta remain in Jesus. He doesn't just answer everyone or anyone's prayers. You've got to first start approaching your prayer life to go, I want to be one with God. I want to be one with God. Think about it. We practice what's called common sense Christianity here. Give God the love you would want. God is love. Whatever love we yearn for in our hearts, He created that. You guys get that? Amen. And so, when you when when someone comes to you and just wants something from you, you feel it, don't you? Yeah. When someone comes to you and they have an agenda, they're not trying to persuade you or control you. You feel that sometimes, don't you? But when someone just wants to be with you, to know you, to be one with you, you feel that too. That's why when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Help us pray like you. That's a big question. Amen. And Jesus just says, hey, aspire to be like me, even in your prayers. Are we close? Is that your goal? Amen. Let's go on. Acts chapter 4. Well, how else? You see, he says, if my words are in you and your words are in me, I'm telling you, our Bible study has everything to do with our prayer life. I need you to understand that. Come on, bro. See, false Christianity will tell you, hey, your prayer life is this emotional experience and all sorts of things. But see, you've got to know who you're praying to. Yeah. You've got to know the heart of God when you're praying. And that's why Jesus says, hey, my words are in you, your words are in me. And that's why when you pray to me, you'll, you'll get what you ask because we're on the same page. And we're going to see that happen in Acts chapter 4. The apostles are being persecuted. Okay, they're being, and they're being threatened. And so they come together from this persecution because it's kind of scary if we are threatened for our faith. We haven't felt that enough yet as a church because we haven't really been taking much stands for our faith lately, I'll be honest with you. But let's imagine we did. 
let's imagine we got some heat. One of the reasons why we don't pray as much is because we're not feeling much heat in our life for our faith. Just so you know. Yes, sir. But Acts chapter 4, verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. We'll cover boldness another time. But what we see here is when the heat was on, what guided their prayers? Their understanding of the scriptures and their understanding of God's plan. When they prayed, they saw, wow, you know what, what's happening? And this comes from Psalm 2, verses 1 and 2. What they're, they're quoting a scripture from the Old Testament. They're saying, wow, God, you're bringing the word to life right here, right now. And it guided their prayers. It's so important for our prayer life to be connected with God's word. Do you pray according to God's word? Do you believe in what God says in his scriptures? You know, that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Do you believe that and pray accordingly, that all things can happen? Sure. Romans 8, 20, God, you know, um, God works all things out for the good who love him and are called according to his purpose. So do you go, man, I'm going to love God and stay in line with his purpose, and I just know God's going to work things out. When God says the whole world should be evangelized, do you pray and say, God, help me be part of that plan? Let me see it. When God calls us to forgive, then do you passionately pray, I need to forgive. I need to sacrifice. I need to see the good. I need to believe past the physical. You see, if you immerse yourself in the word, you start seeing what God wants for us. And it will transform you. It'll transform your parenting, your marriage, how you handle your, your professional life. It'll transform everything. But you have to go, when I go to God in prayer, Jesus, teach me to pray. Jesus, can I pray like you? Can I have your heart, your mindset? Can I come to God in prayer, trying to be one, not trying to win you over, but try to be one with you? Come on. And so the scriptures have a big hand. And how we pray. Read your Bible and let it transform what should be happening on this earth. When you look at the scriptures and say, wow, and you look at this world, it should not be this way. It changes what you pray for. If there's injustice, if there's poverty, if there's hatred, and I'm not saying if, because there just is. But if you see it. Do you go, the scriptures tell me it should be so much more different, and so then you pray. So that's why we want to aspire to be like Jesus when we first come to God. Is that clear? Prayer is our time to connect, to get in line with him, to get close to him, to think like him, and to pray according to his will. We'll close out 1 John chapter 5.
First John, chapter 5. Now, I hope this is making sense, because it's kind of a fuzzy thing. I just want you to know, this is like a very conceptual, heady thing, but it's, it's an emotional thing. It's a mindset we need to have when we come to God. It doesn't just come with your heart. You've got to invest in the Word and look at who Jesus is. You have to be convinced of who He is. You have to decide, I want to be like that too. I want to want what Jesus wants. I want to be like who Jesus is. Do you guys get that? Amen. Um, and I, I just want you to understand. First John chapter five, verse one. It says, "For everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out His commands." In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. I just want you to say, why we're here as disciples in this church, you're going, what kind of church is this? Our conviction is that obeying Jesus is not a burden. It's a privilege. Following God's commands, because we have pre-decided as a church that being like Jesus is the most awesome way to be. And so any command that God lays out to, for us is a privilege. It's like, wow, here's a tip to be like my hero. Whoever your favorite quarterback is, here's a tip to be just as good as he is. Whoever your favorite entrepreneur is, here's a tip just to be like he is. Whoever's your favorite movie star, here's a tip just to be like she is or whatnot. You know, the Bible is simply telling us, hey, for those who want to live and be like Jesus, these are the commands and how to get there. How awesome, what a great privilege it is. And we let close out in verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we, have, we asked of him. So, in prayer, it begins. The power in prayer begins with our heart to be just like Jesus. The heart to say, Lord, teach me. Help me be like you. Help my will be in line with yours. If you're praying about your parenting, God, teach me to love my kids the way you would. Not just get what I want out of them. When you're praying about your marriage, say, God, help me love my spouse the way you would. Not to get my spouse to become who I want he or she to be. When you go to God in anything, go, God, help me be in line with you. And when you're in line with Jesus, when you pray like Jesus would, whatever you ask, then it comes to you. Because by blessing or curse, everything is an opportunity to be more and more like Jesus.